So um, as we read this, may I invite you to please stand. We will be reading from the uh, book of Mark. And if you have Bibles with you, this is the time where we do not depend on technology. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to read with me Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 28, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. That's Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 28. So if you have your Bibles with you, and for those of you who are at home, um, please do read with me. All right, let's read. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it's written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What you have to do with us, O Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him, and they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. 
And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. You are our great God. You are our great King. So, Father, today I pray that you will continue to open our hearts and our mind as we listen to your word. And through this, Lord, may we truly be your disciples. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. Well, we have um, now uh, launched our Disciple Shift uh, uh, theme for this year and starting this uh, uh, quarter, starting from March, April until May, we are now launching this sub a series on discipleship series called Disciple Shift, the Master's Way, the Disciples Road, and this will be an exposition of the book of uh, Mark. And so if you're a care group leader, we invite you to uh, please um, take this opportunity to uh, study the book of Mark and uh, we pray and we hope that uh, through this, we will all learn together as we journey through the book of Mark. So, um, we, aside from the current sermon series material, we want to invite you to take note of and uh, take hold of J.I. Packer's uh, exposition on the book of Mark. And so, our sermon today was based from this uh, text that we have read, Mark chapter 1, and I've entitled this sermon, Follow Me. And we have read that uh, from the text, Follow Me. Now, uh, before we start, let me give a brief background on the gospel of Mark. Of course, as you know, uh, many Bible scholars believe that actually the book of Mark was uh, anonymously written, but it was generally attributed to um, the gospel writer, John Mark, of the early church. And we know him in Acts 12. He was the person who accompanied Apostle Paul in uh, the, his journey and later on deserted him. He was also said in Colossians 4.10 to be the... Uh, relative of Barnabas and also he was also uh, said to be later on to be a good companion of uh, uh, Apostle Paul later on so he was praised later so let me just have a clicker we're having trouble uh, we're apologize for this okay all right, okay. So anyway, this is the word of God. So you have to listen with or without the uh, PowerPoint. All right, so this book was attributed to John Mark, uh, according to many Bible scholars, and of course the church tradition. So that's a, a brief background there. And of course, 
when you read the book of Mark, uh, together with all the four synoptic gospels, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very interestingly, Mark presents Jesus in a very uh, particular way and a very interesting way as well. You know, um, we could see here that uh, Mark introduced Jesus' identity. And very quickly, uh, the, the identity of Jesus was presented in the first chapter of the book of Mark. He was presented in these uh, uh, verses. In verses 1 to 8, he was presented in a prophecy. We've read that in the first verses, verses 1 to 8. And we could uh, read this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Um, he was also presented in his baptism. We've read that from chapter, uh, verses 9 to 11. And a very brief uh, narrative on the temptation of Jesus, verses 12 and 13. And of course, in a public miracle that Jesus has, verses 21 and 28, where the person uh, who has an unclean spirit declared who Jesus is. So in all of these narratives, Jesus was presented to be the Son of God, the Lord, the Messiah, and the Messenger. In fact, very interestingly, in the Bible, the Messenger here in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, is none other than God Himself. And so that is how uh, Mark presented who Jesus is. Now, this is my question. What is the relationship of this? Why Mark is presenting who Jesus is as the Son of God, the Lord, the Messiah, and God's only way. Why is Mark presenting him as such? Because Jesus was precisely introduced by the Gospel of Mark as the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lord, God's only way, he was introduced precisely with such an authority and powerful identity to tell us that he is God incarnate. And this is the relationship in our discipleship uh, uh, theme today because if we are calling people to be his disciples, to be disciples of the Son of God, of this Lord, of this Messiah, of this messenger, of God's only way, if we are calling people to be his disciple, we should know who Jesus is. If you want to be a disciple of someone, you should know who this person is. Am I right? Why would you follow someone? Why would you be a disciple of someone you don't know? Unless we are a cult here. Maraming mga kulto sa Pilipinas. May favorite ako, kilala nyo na. I could not say this because we're online. But you know who that person is. From the South. Would you want to be his disciple? You don't know who he is. He claims to be who he claims to be. But here, in the book of Mark, Mark said who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. The question is, do you believe him? Because it's important for us, even before we start the idea of discipleship, you should know whom you are following, whom you are believing. And that leads me to my first notion. If we want to be disciples of Jesus, 
we should know that Jesus is worth believing. This is the presentation of the Gospel of Mark. If we go to uh, the Gospel of John, Jesus was presented immediately as the Word of God, as God. If we go to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew presented him in, the, in a form of genealogy to link Jesus to David because that will say that he is the Messiah and to God as well. Now, why would you be, the, be a disciple of a person you don't know and you don't believe? Do you believe that Jesus is worth believing? Now, in the scriptures, let me lead you to John chapter 7. If you read that narrative, there's a discussion, a debate of who this Jesus is. They were asking him, is this the Christ? Now, we have read here in the narrative that people were astonished of him. They were astonished with Jesus. They love Jesus. He performs miracles. Now, I don't want you to just believe in Jesus because he performs miracles, because he's just the goody-goody Jesus. Do you really believe that he is the Son of God? Because that will inform your life. Your belief, and I've mentioned this many times here, your belief will inform the way you live. Ay, di ba nung tumanggap kayo sa Panginoon? Anong sinasabi natin? Panginoon, tinatanggap kita sa aking puso bilang Panginoon at tagapagliktas. Panginoon, Lord, do you still confess us at this very moment? That prayer isn't the platitude. That prayer isn't the cliche. It's not a formula. It's a confession of faith. And you should leave that out. Not from the very beginning you pray that prayer, but all throughout your life. Do you believe that? Do you confess that? Or mere platitude lang sa atin. Baka kalain natin, pag sinabi natin yun, okay na. Hindi siya mantra prayer. Just to let you know. That is a confession of faith that we ought to live out. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Your Messiah, your Lord. O Lord nyo lang sila nung araw na yon. Then after that, three years, four years, ten years being a Christian, hindi mo na siya Lord. What does Mark is saying us is that your God, this God, this person that we're calling you to be a disciple of, this person, this God, this Jesus is the genuine one. He's the authentic one. Follow him. Believe him. He is worth believing. Now, the people here he said, is he true? And then Jesus told them, you know me and you know where I'm coming, where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true and, I, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. That is the claim of Jesus. If Jesus is true to what he claims to be, and he is worth believing. In fact, Peter made this proclamation in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, when he was asked, Who do you say I am? Jesus said, Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Again, do you believe this? I don't want us to just say it because it's a mere cliche. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. I believe that He's a Christ. This is the question. Do you believe it in the way that you live that out in your life? That is the question. It's easy to confess, Lord, I accept you in my heart as my person. Lord, you are the Christ. And the links have been everybody. You could just text a friend and say, friend, can you read this? They can proclaim that. The question is, 
if you believe that, do you leave that out? That is the question. Andaling magsabing you are the Christ. We say that here. You say that. You sang that a while ago. But do you believe that? In your heart. Truly in your heart. And if you believe that truly in your heart, you will leave that out. Si Jesus ba ang Diyos ng buhay mo? Ikaw pa rin ang Diyos ng buhay mo. Kasi ikaw pa rin nasusunod sa buhay mo eh. You're still the one being in charge of your life. It's easy to be Christian with words, but not in action. Do we truly say and do we truly confess that Jesus is worth believing? Look on how Apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter, eight, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Let me read this. Indeed, and let us read this very slowly so that we could get this. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Let me read that once again. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. You know, Apostle Paul counted everything and willing to suffer all loss, all things in the world. He is, and he was, a, um, a learned man, isn't he? Wasn't he? But all these things that he has in the world, he had in the world, all of this he considered rubbish for him just to know Christ. I mean, what did Apostle Paul found and in Jesus Christ? What did Apostle Paul find in Jesus Christ that he's willing to sacrifice everything and anything because he said that to know Christ is everything. It would have a surpassing worth to all the things that I have. Just to know Christ. To know Christ is, will surpass all the worth that I gained from the world. Etong tanong, have we experienced Jesus that way? Natagpuan nyo ba, na-encounter nyo ba si Jesus that just knowing Him, just knowing Him will surpass all the things that you have right now. It's all worth it. Or you found another Jesus na hindi siya worth ng aking time, hindi siya worth na makilala, hindi siya worth ng oras ko na makinig sa sermon, hindi siya worth nun. Why are you listening to this sermon? Why are you here? Because you want to know Christ. You know that coming here, listening to the Word of God, worshiping Jesus, is far better than watching Netflix. You have here an insurmountable, immeasurable joy in Christ. Sabi ni Apostle Pablo, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth. May surpassing worth daw. Merong napakalaking kahalagahan kung ako ay susunod at makikilala ko si Jesus. Ang tanong, nakilala niyo ba itong Jesus na ito? Nagaya ni Apostle Pablo, kaya niyang sabihin, I can take all these things as rubbish because of knowing Christ there's a surpassing worth. May eternal value ito sa akin. This is beautiful. This is glorious. I'm willing to take all of this as rubbish. Have you met that Jesus? This is very important. 
for you to believe. You have to believe that Jesus is worth believing because this will lead me to my second notion. Because if you don't think that Jesus is worth believing, that knowing him will surpass all worth in the world, then Jesus is not worth following. A person that is not worth believing is not worth following. Do you agree? That's a simple logic. But you have to declare this. We have to say this. If we say that Jesus is worth believing, He is worth following. Now, what is your reality? Is Jesus worth believing to you? If He is not, then He is not worth following. Now, I will ask you, what is the truth to you? Ano yung reality ninyo? Is Jesus really worth following? We read that from the text in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 20. This is how he asked his disciples to follow him. Passing alongside the Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Now, Jesus called them not because they were fishermen or they were skilled or they whatever. Jesus called them because he calls his people out of darkness into his marvelous light. So whether you are a businessman, a tax collector, a sinner, a former prostitute, a CEO of a company, a homemaker, a household service worker, a lawyer, a doctor, wherever you are, Jesus is calling you to himself. And how did Jesus call this Simon and Andrew and all of the rest of these people? He said, follow me. Follow me. And how did these people follow him? Did we read from the text in verse 18? Did the text say, and after some time, after a while, what did the text say? And immediately, they left their nets. You know, I believe that when this was told, it was an actual leaving of their nets. It could be a metaphor that they have left their trade or their uh, tools of trade. Because if you're a fisherman, your tools of trade will be your net. Tama? Paano ka mangungawa ng isda? Malibang namimingwit ka. How can you be fisherman kung namimingwit ka lang? Ano? That's a tool of their trade. They left their trade immediately. Even let's say, Hindi naman siguro immediately iniwan nila yon. I would believe iniwan nilang bigla. No sinabi ni Jesus, follow me. There's something beautiful about Jesus. When they saw him, they said, I believe this man, this miracle worker. I believe in this uh, person. And I will follow him. He is worth leaving my nets. Immediately, they followed him. Not sometime after. Not after three years. Not after a year, not even after a day. Immediately. And you know what's beautiful about the, if we will consider that as a metaphor, yung leaving the nets? 
because I think this calls us to a greater clarity what, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me clarify that point, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because they were called as disciples, am I right? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I want us to realize, and this is a bit difficult to swallow, let me clarify this point. To follow Jesus isn't just following a cult leader. To follow Jesus isn't just going to a big Jesus party. To follow Jesus isn't just joining a big rally and say, oh, by the way, why don't you just become disciple of Jesus? Come, come, let's go, amen. Let's go and be disciple of Jesus, huh? Okay, huh? Be disciple of Jesus, no. To follow Jesus isn't like a free taste in NTUC or if you're in the U.S. in Costco. That's not how to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus is to give your very life to Him. That's how hard it is. I will not call you to be a disciple of Jesus just because it's convenient to be a disciple of Jesus. The truth is this. How I wish I could say it otherwise, but I will tell you the truth. To follow Jesus is to give your very life. That is what He's requiring of you. Less than that, God does not want it. Well, you think we want you to be discipleship and say, how to be a disciple? We just go to church and profess that we're Christian. Buksan nyo lang mga wallet nyo at panaging disipulo kayo ni Jesus, pagpapalain kayo. How I wish I could say that. But Jesus did not say that. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny, deny themselves. Not affirm, not affirm, not affirm. Deny yourself. Deny. Do we understand the gravity of that? God did not call you for a convenient Christianity. Never. Kaya galit kami sa prosperity gospel preaching because it just begs the question. God is calling you to be His disciple. He's not calling you to a convenient Christianity that when you feel like it, you will be a Christian. That when you don't like it, you don't want to be a Christian. That is not discipleship. To be disciple of Jesus is to deny yourself. Naintindihan ba natin yon? Palitan na lang ulit natin kaya yon. Ang bigat pala yon eh. Dinadaying pala to eh. Huwag na yon. Gusto ko lang yung good good. Blessing lang Lord. Blessing lang. Gusto ko lang yung rara. Gusto ko lang yung palakpakan. Gusto ko lang yung mag-aang sa damdamin. I just want to feel good about myself. No! God is calling us to a serious Christianity. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Die. Deny yourself. How I wish I could make that less than that. How I wish. Natatakot din nga ako eh. Nung binabasa ko to, bakit ko ba ito nakita na verse? How I wish I could say to you that Christianity is just goody-goody thing. Hindi kayo magkakaproblema, hindi kayo magkakasakit. Basta paniwalaan nyo lang si Jesus. Deny yourself and follow me. But what did Apostle Paul find? He is worth 
surpassing, worth surpassing joy. That is what he found. He had an encounter with this great Jesus that I'm willing to give myself and deny myself for that Jesus. You can only do that if you really had a true encounter with Jesus Christ. Less than that, perhaps you have not encountered the real Jesus. Look on how Apostle Paul even said this in Philippians chapter 10, verse 10 to 11. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. And, let me read this very, very carefully and very slowly. And, participation in His suffering. What makes you think that it will only Apostle Paul who will just suffer? What makes you think that only the first century Christian who will just be burned at stake? What make you think that way? O pag tayo mga bagong kristyano, goody-goody na tayo, pag-blessing lang lagi. Ayoko nang, ayoko maging kristyano yan, mahirap yan, laging suffering yan. But how I wish I could say that there's no suffering. There will be, there is. Katatapos ng COVID, to may gera na naman. Ano susunod? Nuclear explosion? But that's the suffering. Becoming like Him in His, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 11, becoming like Him in His what? Ano po sabi ng verse? In His, sige po, wala po sa akin ng kasagutan. In His, say that again loudly. 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 Death. Death. Now tell me, Jesus isn't calling you to a serious Christianity. Tell me. Kumbinsihin niyo ako. Participation in His suffering and becoming like Him in His death. So if Jesus is, worth, is not worth believing, He is not worth following because He is not calling you to a goody-goody life. He's calling you to death. So He must be worth believing because he is asking you to follow him to death. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, if you will read one book about discipleship, please read this. Cause of discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. So patayan pala, tuwag niyo akong so patayan pala yan. But that is radical, isn't it? That is radical. I don't want to say that, but I will be lying to you if I don't say that here. I will be lying to you. Hindi ko alam kung kailan, hanggang kailan ako dito sa pulpitong ito. Baka bukas wala na ako. Pero ito sinabi ko sa inyo that God is calling you to serious Christianity. Kung hindi nyo kayang sundin itong Jesus na ito, kasi hindi nyo alam na ganun siya ka-beautiful, ganun siya ka-kahusay, ganun siya ka-galing, ganun, itong sinusundan ninyo, perhaps you don't meet really this Jesus. This Jesus, if you met Him, you are willing to believe in Him, follow Him, and that you are willing to die for Him. If you really meet this real Jesus, it will change your life. And He is calling us to die. Die to yourself. Die to your sin. The sin that you're petting. The illicit relationship that you have. You will be ostracized by your friends. Pagkatawa na ka ng mga kaibigan mo. Wow, pare, dati nun gusto mong uminom. Ngayon pa, Bible, Bible. Akala mo ko sinong banal. You will be ostracized by your friends. You will be laughed at. Lagi nila kayo nasa church. 
Ano ba yan? Magmamadre ba kayo? Magpapari ba kayong lahat? You will be scorned. You will be even disowned by your own family. My wife experienced that. But why all of these people choose to have Jesus? Because of that surpassing worth, value, and love. You know, my dear friends, Jesus is calling us to be his disciple. He's not calling us to be in a big Jesus party and throw with party hats and blow ticklers and say, yes, this is Jesus. We want to be Christians. You want to be Christian? Ask this next question. Are you willing to die for him? Ganun ang tanungan natin ngayon. Kasi may COVID na, di ba? May nuclear explosion pa. Ganun lang tanungan ngayon. Gusto niyo bang tanggapin ng Panginoon? Handa ba kayong mamatay para kay Jesus? Totoo. I will not call you to a convenient Christianity. I'm calling you to a serious Christianity because if you really want to be a disciple of Jesus. That is what the Bible says. I hope I could say that lesser, but I couldn't. Jesus is calling us to be his disciple. He isn't calling a big party. He is calling us into a serious, life-changing, heart-wrenching, all-out obedience. Let me say that again. Jesus is calling us to a life-changing, heart-wrenching, all-out obedience. You know the parable of great pearl? That when you have found that great pearl, sabi nung parable, you will sell everything just to have that great pearl of great price. My question, is, my question is this, have you found that Jesus is the pearl of great price, that you're willing to sell everything and everything because you found a better or even the best treasure? Is that the Jesus that you have met in your life? Na itong Jesus na ito, willing niya kong ipagbiling lahat. I'm not referring to a physical sale of everything of your uh, things. I'm not saying that. Are you willing to sacrifice everything for Jesus because you've met him? He is worth all that you have. God calls us to die to ourselves for His sake. Because you know, this is the paradox. And I will read the paradox in Matthew chapter 10, verses uh, 39. He said, Whoever finds their life will lose it, And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And that's the paradox, you see. If you think you found your life, whatever it is that you found right now, you said, I'm living my life now, Lord. May plano ako, meron akong career, meron akong ganito. First time ko lang, Lord, my in love. Bakit ka naman ganun? You're living your life. Pero alam mong mali ang relasyon na yan. Pero sabihin mo naman, Lord, I'm living my life. Masaya ako sa tao na to, etc., etc. Let's just assume that's an example. If you think you're living your life, you will lose it. But if you will give that up, die to yourself, deny yourself for Jesus, the Bible says, that's the paradox, you will find it. Isn't that a paradox? Pag nawala mo daw yung buhay mo para kay Jesus, maratagpuan mo siya. Pero kung palagay niyo natagpuan niyo ang buhay niyo ngayon, pero hindi wala dun si Jesus, you will just lose it. That's the paradox. That is what God is calling us to have. To lose our life for His snake and then we will find it. 
This is paradoxical. I don't mean literal death. Of course, the early Christians, it's a literal death for them. Or even to you. For the young people who are here, I want to talk to you. Do you really believe in the Jesus that you were once taught? I grew up in a Christian church. You really believe that? Or for you, cliche na lang siya, platitude. Let me tell that to you straight to your eyeball right now. If that is your belief, do you really, do you, have you really met Jesus? I want you to examine yourself. If you think Jesus is just a cliche to you, parang sino ba Jesus na to na, sina, na tinuruan ako no nag-Sunday school ako? I don't believe that Jesus anymore. I want to challenge you. Why don't you open the scriptures and challenge yourself? Lord, I want to know you. I want to meet you again. You were once, I mean, I was thought of a Jesus of another Jesus. Perhaps that I don't, I, I have not met you personally. I want to know you. If these people will go to church, give their lives, give their money, resources, and whatever for Jesus, this Jesus must be someone. And I want to experience that. I want you to challenge yourself and ask God, Lord, I want to know you. Wag yung sayangin mga anak, wag yung sayangin mga young people that you are ready here and you don't know Jesus. There might be no tomorrow. There might be no tomorrow. If you think you have your life now, you might lose it. There might be no tomorrow for you. That's the truth. It's hard for to swallow. As an illustration, we know of a story of Ed McCulley and Jim Elliot, these two missionaries. Jim Elliot is 32 years old and Ed McCulley was just 28 years old. They went to Honduras in um, a tribe called Haurani people and they were killed in the process. Now, you would, you think, you would think now that why would these two young people, 32 and 20 years, give their life? Dapat nagbibigay mga 60 na 70, ganyan, 80. Why would they give their life to God? What have they found? Sino yung na-encounter nila na Jesus para ibigay nila yung buhay nila at 28 years old, at 32? Sino tong Jesus na to? That they're willing to sacrifice everything and everything for this Jesus. They are truly the disciples of Jesus. They're willing to give their lives. They have lost their lives, am I right? But I'm very sure they have found it. They found the pearl of great price. Now, this is the truth. While God gives us a very difficult assignment to follow Him to death, it does not necessarily mean that He left us alone. In fact, while it is true that this call is difficult, He gave us a helper that will empower us in the difficult journey of discipleship, the Holy Spirit. It's difficult, but it's possible. through The power of the Holy Spirit. Kaya ang Diyos napaka-gracious. Hindi ba? Mahirap sumunod kay Jesus, pero... Binigyan niya tayo ng kapangyarihan para sundin din siya. And that is very important. If you think Jesus is worth believing, He is worth following, and that would lead me to my final point, then He is worth sharing. Jesus is worth sharing. If you believe that Jesus is worth believing, He is worth following, then He is worth sharing. If you find that he is absolute worth of it all, you will not and you cannot stop yourself from sharing him. 
And I hope this, my brothers and sisters, as we would endeavor to be a disciple of Jesus, there is something in us that will say, you know, this Jesus is beautiful. He is worth from listening to telling. I remember when I was uh, uh, addicted for a time in a Korean telenovela, particularly the crash landing on you. Blame my wife for, for introducing that to me. <laughs> uh, and I was telling people that, you know, you should watch this. You know, it's very good. Da, 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 da. The, the Korean, and I've realized that, that Korean um, movies are very, very good in their plot, as well as the Indian movies. They're very, very good. So I would tell people, panoorin mo to. With the same fervor. Because you found that that's beautiful, right? Pag nakita kayong isang restaurant, or masarap, alam mo pumunta ka dito sa restaurant na ito, it's so nice, the ambiance is great, you will tell them, right? Because you cannot keep, keep it to yourself. If you find something beautiful, you will share it. Do you find Jesus beautiful? Do you find that it's worth believing? Do you find that it's worth following? What will be the natural consequence of that? He must be worth sharing. As the disciples of Jesus Christ, and in fact, the narrative of Mark ends with this. He said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. In Matthew 28, there's a great commission, right? The great commission is that we should make disciples of all nations. Am I right? God is not calling people to be just fanatics. God is calling us to make disciples. Make disciples. And I hope that when you ask people of disciples, you will call them to a serious Christianity. But they will not be attracted to Jesus if we ourselves are not attracted to Jesus. If we ourselves were not living out the way we believe Jesus. Naniniwala pala kay Jesus. Sino dito naniniwala kayo kay Jesus? Mari po bang pagbigyan niyo ako? Pakitaas ang kamay niyo kung naniniwala kayo kay Jesus. Para yatang may anong hindi, kinakabahan ako. You believe that? Is he worth following? Is he worth sharing? I'll end here. The Great Commission commanded us to make disciples. And I've already clarified what disciple is all about. Discipleship. Not IG or TikTok followers only. Not FB friends. Not me registered members of an organized religion. Not casual churchgoers. I'll say that. Not casual churchgoers. You can fill this space. We could have 10,000 members if they are just IG followers, if they're just TikTok followers, or me registered members of an organized religion. If they're not disciples of Jesus Christ, willing to carry the cross for Jesus, deny themselves, we are not doing the Great Commission. God commanded us to make disciples, not casual churchgoers, not easy-go-lucky professing believers. That is not what God is asking from us. God is asking us to make disciples an ardent follower, an obedient learner, and all out ready to count all costs to follow Jesus. That is what God is calling us to have, to make disciples. And as we go into this discipleship, that would be the rallying point.
He is worth believing. He is worth following. And we know what it means to follow Jesus. And he is worth sharing. And that is what discipleship is all about. To point them to this Jesus worth following, worth believing, worth sharing. To be like him. Jesus calls his people to be his disciple who will proclaim and live out this truth that Jesus is worth believing, worth following, and worth sharing. I hope you will all, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through his enablement, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this church, I pray we will all baptize by the Holy Spirit so that we will be empowered to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And to make people and lead them to Jesus Christ. Because he is worth believing, worth following, and worth sharing. I hope that you all be serious disciples of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today, for leading us. Thank you for this truth that you have revealed to us. You are worth believing, Father, and so may the truth that we have believed about you will be lived out and we will be able to apply them in our lives and that belief, that truth will transform our lives and so we could be effective witnesses of you and so Father, if you and our Lord Jesus Christ worth believing, Lord, you are worth following and Lord, we're counting all costs how to follow you we are counting all costs that you are calling us to a serious Christianity, not casual churchgoers, not just mere mem registered members of an organized religion. You are calling us to follow you, to truly be your disciples. And as we believe and follow you, Father, empower us by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit that we may be able to share who you are, to share you. Father, Forgive us. We are mere creatures, sinful. We have chosen ourselves. Perhaps many of us, Lord, we have not really encountered you. For us to say, Lord, I believe you. I want to follow you. I want to share about you. I don't want to live a casual Christianity anymore. I want to be a serious Christian, truly converted Christian, truly obedient of your call not living a life that is not pleasing to you. I want to be your disciple, to be like you, to imitate you. I want to have an encounter with you. It will change my life. And so, Father, today I pray that you will lead us that heart of repentance, a change of hearts, a change of mind. So, Father, today I pray that you will be with your people today. And for whatever that they are going through, I pray, Father, that you will bless them and that you will be with them. Thank you, Father, for this day. Bless your people today, I pray. And lead us all to your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let us all stand to receive the benediction. May the love of God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the saving power of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Lord, and the comfort, peace, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the triune, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, be with you and sustain you always in the power of His might, grace, and mercy, now 
and forevermore. As we give glory to the one true God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people and the disciples of Jesus Christ will respond with amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters. God bless you all. And for those of you who have joined us online, uh, thank you. And join us again next week as we worship God. God bless you all.